0: I know what you're thinking. Is the lockout truly over? Has it really ended by the amount of moves the Guardians have made? It doesn't appear to be. We do have some non roster invitees to talk about. We have two more top prospects lists coming out. We really now have a complete picture of what's out there on the scene. Uh, And uh, this is the only time you will hear the words Baker Mayfield on this podcast. So if you're looking for some Cleveland sports that gets you away from that, this is the perfect podcast to listen to. Are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So should we start with the non-roster invitees? You're you're all complaining that the Guardians aren't adding anyone, they're not doing anything. Well, they just added Jake Jewell and Ian... Uh I know I butchered that. Andy, helped me out. That uh, <laughs> I had no chance. I should have better prepared. Jake Jewel is the bigger name here. Jewel, man, he is well-traveled. It's kind of fascinating because, like, his. I was looking at his numbers in the minors, and I'm like, why? Like, he's a fifth-round pick out of a small school. He didn't miss a ton of bats. Like, his, in the minors, his—well, this only has his major league ones. Uh, I should go—I'm on— um, fan graphs to get some of that other advanced data like he you know he didn't miss a ton of bats it's not like the strikeout rate was over nine you know there's a few times where it was over nine but for the most part you're looking at a guy who was in the eights his walk rates were low at points but also higher at points he doesn't do anything particularly statistically dominant he's gotten three four opportunities in the big leagues and has a negative 0.8 war uh had 10 games this year and in 10 games which is not a lot just 10 innings managed to generate nearly half a loss you know, I figure if a win is positive, then a negative win should be a loss, right? You know, the antithesis of it. So he was worth negative negative point four. A FIP of 9.17. Again, 10 innings is not a relevant sample size. So something like FIP is worthless. But he he was in the Cubs, the Giants, and the Dodgers minor league system last year. Triple A across all those levels. Uh, keeps getting opportunities. Guardians invited him to camp. You know, I remember him coming up with the Angels. You know, he was like a... In those bad prospect years, he was a top ten prospect for them, but he never he never did much for me but I mean, he's got a full year of service time he's managed to accumulate he still has one minor league option left. This feels like a nice depth arm, someone you can slot down there in the minors and, and that could be his value anymore honestly is you know he's going to earn at a higher rate because he's been in the majors he's been on the roster uh that he gives you a guy that you can call up in a pinch who's a quad a arm. And if you are the Guardians and you have limited 40-man space, he's the guy you don't feel bad releasing. So if you are in a big pinch and you got to call someone up for a start or two, but then you know you're gonna probably release that person, Jake Jewell. That's that's his job with the organization. Uh, when it comes to, and you know I found a piece for the Dodgers. Audger, nope, a Dodgers piece about his year in review. Um, his game of the year was in AAA. They just didn't really do much for him. Like really, It's kind of interesting. They must have done a year in review for everyone um, to have him. And then for Gabat, he was an 11th round pick by Tampa Bay. Uh, in terms of his own experience, he got to the big league a few times. Big league a few times? Got to the big leagues a few times. But he, in, instead of having a full year, he is at point one four eight of a year. Uh, you know, he was optioned off the twins that's where he was last year where he had 6.2 innings now his k rate in the minors has been higher that's the thing you look at him he's had some years where it's over 10 a 13 and that was only in 10 innings but with 10.77 in 52 innings uh, he has been almost entirely a reliever now the thing is he was with tampa through 2019 then he, he ended up i'm assuming he was traded to texas and he missed bats and was an effective reliever now there were some control issues at points um, and the home run rate has, has definitely been an issue, and very much an issue Who's gotten to the big leagues. The Guardians do some things super well. They are good at finding extra gear. They're not as strong with refinement. I will say over here on Fangraphs, the prospect rankings gave him a 70-grade changeup. Uh, we know know the Guardians have liked changeup types over the years, though they're more the fan of the slider. But his slider was a current 55, future 60, according to Fangraphs, when they were looking at him as a prospect a few years ago. So he's... Jules the name, but, uh, you know, Ian here, he's going to be 6'3", 250. He's a big guy. He's the one you had a better chance of maybe getting something from. Now, again, he's not exactly what they excel in finding. They excel in finding another gear, cleaning up mechanics, and helping them find more. The guys who've had control issues, there's not a ton of success. Yes, there's a Clevenger. There was a Karen shock, but there was also a lot of sticky stuff. Um, There's not a lot of those other guys who had the control issues that found straightened it out in this organization they've not done that as well they do better it's like a guy comes and he adds like three miles an hour to his fastball almost immediately that's what they do but this is just depth and you know they see something there they like but if Tampa couldn't help him which is with what they do best I have a hard time believing the Guardians are going to be able to find much more here with him so you know a few names hey they went out and they did something right isn't that what people want you mean they don't count this isn't enough um well Matt Chapman and Jock Peterson, who I mentioned on the last podcast, are gone. So that's, so that's Ramon Lariano. And, you know, we talked about Austin Hayes um, probably a few weeks ago, maybe a month or so ago. Uh, Hayes is another interesting one. Again, I think Cedric Mullins. It comes down to this. I'm not willing to trade George Valera. That's kind of my, the guy that I, I get very antsy about moving. Right now, with his movement and development, I really do not want to move him. I believe very highly in him. I'm willing to consider anyone else. Valera, that's kind of where I draw the line to so just the video here over on YouTube. Uh, I was cutting myself off in the corner. If you're listening at home, you couldn't notice, but uh, if you were listening at home, consider subscribing to the show. Help us out. 40 odd subscribers. When I get to 1,000, uh, that's when it gets uh, the next, you know the level of uh, support through YouTube. So it's a, it's a bit of a road, but every single person who signs up can help. Uh, The channel grow if you see my eyes going to the side every once in a while i'm checking just to see uh scores uh you know born and raised in akron ellis bakery that was my family's bakery was not quite walking distance if you're from the akron area maybe you remember ellis bakery Well, that was my family's business and my grandfather william ellis who i've talked about on the show was uh played football for akron during right before and right after world war ii so i have a lot of ties so i'm still kind of checking on akron just because uh you know hometown love uh, but yeah, so when it comes to the Guardians, they can still improve. You know, Oakland is clearly ripping things down to the studs. I'm not, you know, I've talked about Lou Trevino here on the show. I'm not necessarily enthralled with him. Manea, Manea, nope, not Manea. We don't need a pitcher. Uh, Murphy, Loriano, those are the guys I want. And like I said, I kind of like the fact, <laughs> I don't like the fact that Laureano is suspended. But what I do like is that he is suspended. Okay, you go, you trade for him. And then you got uh, 27 days. Let Quan and Palacios play, and whoever performs best stays. Whoever doesn't goes down to AAA at the end of it. Perfect, right? I mean, I like my idea. Uh, L'Oreal would be so good. Please, let's, let's make it happen. Let's figure that one out. Um, but, yeah, that that's kind of where we stand right now in terms of additions. The Guardians are going to garden. Garden? Guard? Guardians are going to be the Guardians. They are going to be slow and deliberate. They're going to let the market play itself out. Um, you know, I, I'm thinking it won't be conforto. I got to be perfectly honest uh, because draft pick uh, competition and loss of draft picks still occur. We're going to talk about competitive balance picks in segment two. We're going to talk about prospects in segment two and three. Uh, this is going to be a very like uh, prospecty podcast for the rest of the show because there just isn't a lot to talk about the major league major league baseball team. Uh, should we? And the other thing I do want to, if I can get to in today's show, if not, we'll have to bump it to Monday, is the MLB ranks for best third baseman that were uh, awful. <laughs> let's, not, let's not call it anything else. Uh, Jose Ramirez is the best third baseman in baseball. There's no one else. End of story. Uh, I will get about six angry Braves fans uh, insulting this podcast because the last time I went out and made such things when Jose Ramirez was third team all MLB, MLB or whatever the equivalent was, or didn't make the top two teams, uh, Braves fans uh, came in and started leaving a bunch of negative reviews on the podcast, because I dared to say Jose Ramirez was better than Austin Riley. But, uh, you know, the one upside to this change is, uh, this trade, I should say, is the Chapman one, is, hey, that means uh, we don't have to deal with all the Toronto tweets. But then uh, the rumor came out that Toronto still wanted to acquire Jose Ramirez to play second base. Uh, I assume then that would mean Kevin is coming back, though Biggio's uh, value is quite low right now after the year he had. Because obviously, if Kevin Biggio had continued to play as expected, he would be. They wouldn't be looking for an upgrade. They that has two years of team control and is going to need a big contract. They'd be sticking with Kevin Biggio. So it is what it is. But uh, yeah, it turns out we're not going to have any break. I, like I said I, I think I still have faith. We're going to take this first commercial break. But I say I still have faith. Something is coming. The Guardians will take their time. They'll be patient. They'll gauge prices. And, you know, they're going to try to figure out. The one thing that does not work in their favor is while there have been some, like, four-for-one deals in the early going, <laughs> well, you know, one of the problems is it's been with Oakland. They've been adding a lot of players who need to be rostered. I mean, that Chapman deal was, what, three players who need to be rostered? Maybe all four need to be rostered? i got to think about that now. No, three of four. Hoagland does not need to be rostered. But three of four had to be rostered. So they're they're losing those spots. But a lot of the trades have been kind of, like, one prospect and filler. And the Guardians are more about, hey, let's trade some even value guys because we have so many. So we'll see. Like I said, let's take that first commercial break, come back, talk about the draft pick compensation, the competitive balance picks, talk about the MLB.com rankings, talk about the Baseball America rankings. Our first sponsor today is Bilt Bar. And I refuse to just go and read a dry ad line because I love Bilt Bar. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to tell you about it. Right now, one of the things I do like is well, they don't have a crazy thing going on right now, unfortunately. If you missed out, Shamrock Shake appears to be sold out. The limited releases are the Ruby Chocolate, the Lemon Dip Cheesecake, and Caramel Almond Delight, which I personally liked. Uh, there's so many fun flavors, and you know, while they don't consider these, I guess, part of the the limited editions, like the Churro Puff, the Banana Cream Pie, and the Coconut Marshmallow Puff, are all still there. And now you can actually use those puffs in a mixed flavor box. If you get a mixed flavor box, you can try the puffs, you can try all the other flavors. I I have I just finished off the last of my minis, which was um, with the salted caramel. I still have the eggnog, and I'm try, you know, trying to think what I've been eating. Eggnog, basically the equivalent of their Oreo, the white chocolate uh, chip, and, or, um, and there's a few others. But it's all good. It's all delicious. I love this product from the moment back when they're using the old formula. The new formula has been better, too. It's an improvement all around. I have enjoyed using my money and shopped and bought from BuiltBar.com. If you want a great tasting bar, go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. Start building up your Built Bucks to save even more. I get tired of things. I never get tired of builtbar. Bar. It's great tasting. It's great for you. Go to BuiltBar.com today. So they did the formal announcement of the competitive balance selections. And for those who don't know, it's like if you get revenue sharing or trying to think it's like if you're a small enough market and a revenue share you know it's weird because like teams like colorado how is denver not a bigger market baltimore gets a competitive balance pick what arizona huh san diego san diego's mean uh income is quite high seattle sorry seattle qualifies uh you know cincinnati milwaukee you get detroit you get tampa oakland okay miami Miami's a small market uh, Minnesota. Okay. Uh, Pittsburgh, Casey, but yeah, it's, it's a weird group. The thing is the guardians are picking 35th. Their bonus selection will be the 35th overall selection. Now I believe these can still move down or no. Is it the comp picks? Yeah. Cause the compensation picks would go before these picks. So right now they're picking 35th. Um, it's Conforto the last of the, comp- the players out there who, but I, I don't know if he's going to get enough. And it's the Mets, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, no, we're done. No, Castilianos. Castilianos and the Reds. The Reds would qualify for another first with Castilianos since they gave him the qualifying offer. So that is the player you need to watch who could affect things uh, and maybe move that pick down. But they're picking 16th, I believe, and 35th. So the unfortunate thing is this draft class, um, you know, I talked about, like, it's a really good, really deep college I mean, all parts of college are disappointing us right now. Uh, If you missed it, Carson and Wisenhunt, Wisenhunt, the ECU guy who is by default like one of the top five or so um, college pitchers left, isn't playing the rest of the year because he took a supplement that's got him suspended. Uh, Everyone else keeps getting hurt. I mean, you essentially have the Florida State arms and Messick and Hubart, and then who knows? Uh, It's... um, Dad, why am I blanking out? Like, Oklahoma State, you know, we talked about the Justin Campbell from there is probably going to end up being one of the top five college arms. It's rough out there right now. And a lot of the college hitters, uh, you know, you do have the guys we talked about on the show who are stepping up. And, you know, someone like Kevin Parada, Um And I'm blanking on... Uh, Brooks Lee is the shortstop who's played very well. And the LSU uh, first baseman, essentially, who came over from Arizona. But, yeah, it's it's been... It's been an ugly draft, so all of a sudden it's like, oh, I don't know how good 16's going to be. I don't know how good 35's going to be. There's still time. There's, I mean, we're, we're at the baby steps of this process. You know what you're thinking? And baby steps, we're already you know, halfway through March. Yeah, but it's always like three to four guys who really explode over the final few months or break out. And specifically, like so many teams prefer to look at some of the top talent when it's like SEC play, when the top talent faces each other. So there's plenty of time. Right now, undoubtedly, it's low. And it is interesting, like uh, Matt Holiday's son is definitely rising up ranks. I haven't looked at everyone's updated ranks, but he's a guy who was not really listed in the top 50 anywhere, but now is there. Um, It's a lot of, you know, Cam Collier, the son of Lou Collier. Some of those, uh, and of course we already talked about, of course, you know, Andrew Jones' son. And then uh, former NFL tight end Eric Green. It is a big bloodlines draft. Tampa, or Tampa Bay. Toronto has to be just frothing with excitement when you look at that. But, yeah, that's— And so the reason the Guardians are going to be unlikely to consider adding Conforto is if they signed him, you have to give up your third best draft pick. Um, and it's the same thing with Trevor Story. And it's the same thing on Uh who you know are all still out there, and that would mean you'd give up that second round pick, which is going to be relatively high. Like, you're talking about pick maybe before the 60th overall pick in the draft. Um, that's that's a pretty significant loss for a team that values the draft and uses the draft and is pretty effective in the draft. So, we'll have to see, I think. So, oh, and Cor- Correa, right? So, Correa, Story, Castellanos, Conforto, I believe, are all that's left from the qualifying offer grouping. I could be wrong with that. But, yeah, I am i don't think unfortunate is happening. Let's just put it that way. I, I don't think it's going to occur. I know some people were kind of like, well, he's all that's left. It, you know, let's not go crazy. I don't think he's the only thing that's left in this one. I don't think he is the only player of note You uh, in terms of the outfield market. I was trying to—I'm going to I'm gonna pause, pull up the tweet, and grab some of those— Tommy Fam. I know is one of the other names, who still is effective. Pretty bad defender, but, I mean— Everyone's so mad about Jess Winker, and he's a awful defender. So, uh, compared to him, Tommy Pham's a gold glover. Gold glove. Not You know what I mean. So, just for the record, it's the uh, Castellanos Conforto. Oh, Jorge Soler is still out there. Uh, you know, there could be a few more interesting names to pay attention to. And, I mean, now that the Cubs got, say, a Suzuki, when you're talking about that market, it's uh, they're... Uh, where's Ian Hap going to play? Like, why is that trade not happen? Honestly, it's like trade for Hap, trade for Liriano. Uh We talked about Hap in depth. His value uh, to the Cubs cannot be super high because he's two years, he's getting up there in price, and he's been so up and down for his career that at this point in time, he just, you know, it, I know they're not in a full rebuild. They're going out, obviously, and paying money and adding guys like Suzuki. They added Andrelton Simmons. Uh, they went out and added... Um, Stroman as well. They claimed Wade Miley when the Reds first started showing signs of cheapness. They added Chris Martin in free agency, too. They're going out and adding some pieces. uh, David Robertson. They're trying to not be terrible. But Ian Happ is, again, it's that whole situation where they gave Jan Gomes a decent amount of money. Wilson Contreras is still a weird fit there. Ian Happ, yeah, they can play him in left field. But then, you know, (laughs) the roster resources page has... Frazier is their DH, Suzuki Hap, and Rafael Ortega is their outfield with, I mean, I forgot they just signed Jonathan Velar today. Like, they're just signing guys. I don't know where these guys are going to play. But that has Jason Hayward on the bench. That's a lot of money for a bench bat. Has Harold Ramirez, who they went out of their way to add, on their bench as well. And then, you know, there's someone like Brendan Davis is knocking at the door. He's not far away. He's going to be ready to play this year for them. So, yeah, I still think an Ian Hap trade makes a ton of sense. Let's check our time here. Uh, Let's take break number two, come back, and talk about some prospect ranks. Mission Possible. Are you ready to discover your purpose and leave an impact wherever you go? Mission Possible, written and read by New York Times bestselling author and athlete Tim Tebow, encourages you to find inspiration, pursue your purpose, and create a life for yourself that counts. Ignite a spark in your life through his new inspirational listen. Mission Possible by Tim Tebow is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Let's also talk about our good friends over at BetOnline. It's a time of year again. College basketball's tournament is finally upon us. Just Just talking about Akron over there. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Okay. Let's talk about prospects. Now the interesting ones, (laughs) I guess it's like, how should we break this up? Um, so let's talk about the fact that I, I have a lot of respect for baseball America. Carlos Colazo is one of the nicest dudes in the, our industry who goes out and talks about such things. Um, they have interesting lists. Uh, they have a lot of very smart people. I almost, we have different opinions. That's just, I guess that's the best way to put it. Like we, we often don't see eye to eye, um, on rankings. And it's interesting is they are the only ones who are still leaving Ty Freeman at one, like mid season. He was a hot name. Cause he had that hot start and everything else. And they're still leaving him there. They have him one. Uh, I think. And then it's like a Spino and Rokio or the next two. um, I mean, I think a lot of people will probably have something similar, but it's also interesting that literally the entire rest of the field doesn't have Ty Freeman as a top five prospect for the Guardians. And it's, I know people are out there going, okay, do your victory lap. But like, I I mean, in fairness, isn't this what I've been saying for like a year and a half on this podcast? It's like sell high on this guy. You know, it's a limited skill set to success. It's very hard to take. And it's it's the same story I told with, you know, Francisco Mejia when people didn't want to listen to me. And I had people telling me, nah, no, man, you can't trade him. He's going to win a batting title. I'm like, that's a heck of a needle to thread. Um, I know there's going to be people out there who still think that, like, that Freeman is going to be this future all-star. I, I, I don't know. I just, I like, he's 35-grade power who doesn't walk, and has to play second base. It's a hard needle to thread. And that's why he's down in a lot of places. MLB released their list. And MLB, I saw they added Sam Dykstra. It's good. They're getting some more people there. Uh, again, Mayo and Callis are fantastic. They're the godfathers of this whole industry, along with Sickles, in my opinion. Uh, just good, nice people for all the interaction. I've never met Sam Dykstra, but I've met the other two. Uh, but it's nice that they're getting a little more. But they are the the consensus board. They are... The group where it is 100%, you know, they talk to a lot of scouts, they get a lot of information, and then they kind of weigh that all together. They have five Guardians in their top 100. They haven't released their top 30s yet. Everything was on hold when the season was on hold because MLB couldn't print anything about anything, essentially, and especially if someone, like, (laughs) they could have released a top 100 list of players who aren't on 40-man, on the 40-man. Like, for the Guardians, that would have required... Three other five players not being mentioned. So they had to wait. They were stuck in that lockout situation. Uh, They have one player in the top 50. Now, it's better than a year ago where I believe Nolan Jones was one of, like, two players that were ranked. But they have Valera at 47, Espino at 53, Arias at 73, Rokio at 84, and Ty Freeman at 88. Um, Not as low as Fangraphs and Law are on Freeman, but still a significant drop off. He was their number one prospect at midseason. For the Guardians. That's a big shift to go from one to five, and I believe he also dropped in the top 100. Uh, it is interesting, Rokio being fourth. I don't see that in a lot of places. Uh, like I said, Arias, Arias, there's a lot of concern that the swing is too grooved. That, you know, he might end up being, i talked about it on Twitter, like he might just be Nico Goodrum. For good or for bad, he might just be Nico Goodrum uh espino i've talked about the high risk of reliever i've got my set of concerns and issues why i'm lowering him again i think valera should be the top prospect and you know i, I talked about zips is the best list for any of this stuff and that's who also had freeman one or freeman uh valera one and also had him amongst the top prospects in baseball Rokio that low is surprising uh people have loved him for a while. i feel like he might have been higher ranked in the top 100 at points like uh conceivably it's like what he finally performed in the minors like before this year I was always so willing to trade him because they had so many infielders and he was the guy who had the tools but hadn't put it together and often those players don't like it is a more often than not those players never put it together he did and I was wrong and he's I gotta really sit down and hammer it out I know I say that all the time but like I said Valera is probably my one I know there's the concerns with the groove swing, but when I look at what Arias did for age relative to level, it's hard to not consider him two or three. You know, Rocchio's got to be up there. You know, Nolan Jones probably is going to sit four or five for me because I'm, I'm not going to give up after one bad year. I've talked about the fact that LaVastita and Cody Morris would end up in the top ten for me. Gavin Williams is kicking around in there as well. Freeman is still in the top ten. Uh, Espino is still in that top ten. But I just got to kind of sit down and really hammer through. Because that's the thing. You, you put together a list at the end of the year based on the materials you have. And in six months, it honestly changes. You get more information. You talk to people. You look at things. Uh, you get a chance when you're not following the major league team on a daily basis for a daily podcast to actually sit down and watch video and start being like, okay, oh, okay. That's like the thing I remember sitting there and watching like Steven Duggar where he was viewed as a guy at Clemson I want to say like as a potential first round pick and he just bombed his first two months he came back strong towards the end and I I missed the first two months and I saw the good part and I gave him a a second round grade and he went in like the fifth or something crazy like that uh I ended up being proven right he's turned into a solid fourth outfielder Uh, there's also if you want the other end of that that's J.B. Woodman who was I think a, a Mississippi guy Ole Miss maybe um Former quarterback, really good athlete, like the overall athleticism. He's having a heck of a year. I'm like, how is this guy not a first second round pick? <laughs> my, my buddy Brian Sikowski, a perfect game, goes because he's not like very. I uh, you know I always remember that it was like the one time he has pushed back against one of my statements. But uh, again, a good dude. I understand that he was right. I was wrong. Uh, the Blue Jays agreed with me. Blue Jays and I always tend to line up. They drafted more of my guys than anyone else in my run at scout. And 24-7, but it didn't work out for Woodman. So you, you get the whole extreme of it. But yeah, it's interesting because everyone but Baseball America is pushing Freeman way down. Uh, most places are also very much just completely off of Jones after his year. And it's that one feels, like I said, a little bit premature, but maybe not a ton, but just slightly. Like I, I'm pushing him down, but I'm not dropping him out of the top you know, six or so guys just because power matters and power potential matters and having, uh, uh, it's a lot harder. There are a lot of guys with great contact rates who just didn't do enough to, to make it. We've seen a lot of those guys, right? I mean, Jake Bowers had good contact rates in the minors. <laughs> That's, yeah, you know, I don't want to be that guy, but like that was his. Francisco Mejio, I've talked about, who's not been able to carve out a starting spot in the big league, same. Um, the one nice thing with a power hitter is they either flame out quickly or uh, they're successful. It's not quite the long, drawn-out process where they keep getting opportunities. Because Harold Ramirez, you know, is another one uh, that we've seen in recent years. where they, we, everyone thinks they can fix it or that they can get more. But yeah, uh, I know. As if you are a Guardians fan, it's a hard time right now. You're waiting for them to do something. It's a hard time to be a Cleveland sports fan. Let's be honest. Uh, the Cavs have more injuries than like an emergency room. The Browns after, you know, I was just happy to be competent and now they're just a laughing stock again. And, um, and then you got the guardians where, you know, they got, they haven't announced my, you know, maybe that's what they're waiting for. I don't know why they haven't announced minority ownership. What's that going to take to finally get everything through and all everything dotted and, and put together. It's like, can they not spend until well, that gets officially announced? There should be revenue sharing money coming in this year after uh, the hiatus last year post COVID. Um, and I mean, there's the new streaming, you know, talk about the new deals they had with um, Apple TV. And then I'm trying I'm blanking on who else like there's a lot of new revenue coming. in. there's no reason if the payroll is as low as it was a year ago, then rightfully, people should get mad. I still believe something's going to happen. We will have to wait and see. I've been Jeff Ellis. I know I didn't Give the whole explanation of who I am. This is the one I guess I'm just mysterious on. Uh, <laughs> I do want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day starting next week. Uh, wherever it is that you get podcasts. Remember to rate and review on iTunes. That really helps. Download daily. Subscribe on YouTube. Like, comment, all of those things. Simple things you can do for free that help this show. You know, uh, like I said, it's a hard time. And it's. I can see that in my ratings. <laughs> it was doing better ratings uh, during the lockout than I have been since the return because people are frustrated with the guardians, not doing anything, but, uh, I feel like I'm still giving some content. So help me out which ways you can. Um, again, thank you all. Lockdown guardians group is a kind group. Uh, I know a lot of my other co-hosts have to deal with a lot of knuckleheads. We do not have that here. It is a good team of listeners and fans. So thank you again, getting close to that 700th episode. I got to figure out what I'm going to do for that. Should be something. Uh, and as always, Go, go, Guardians, go.